And I just think everyone needs to be humbled by that and just realize there is always something to be grateful for, like if you look hard enough. So, so baby brought us to this fine room with really good lighting for what purposes? Well, so Ben said, you know, hey, I think it'd be cool to talk with Roman about your guys' trip. Yeah. Was that how you said that? Your guys's? Your trip. About the trip that you two took last week to yeah. Haiti. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Roman hasn't been there for a year mm -hmm. um, because, you know, between COVID and unrest and a million other things going on, it just wasn't the right timing. And after traveling to Haiti Maybe back still not the right timing. <laughs> after traveling back and forth to Haiti for almost 11 years now, uh, it's nice to have a companion. So in the future, we hope to have pastors and different people. But this this one, we got to take uh, my boy Rome. Yeah. It was a good trip. Yeah. It was a good trip. Short, sweet, in and out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Uh, let's start. Let's let's. Kind of recap the trip. So obviously you guys were only in country for a couple of days uh, just because that's the way that it worked out. Um, but I do know that one of the main things that you guys, well, two things actually that I thought would be kind of cool to talk about is that there is water mm -hmm. at the school. Um you know, was it last summer that we were able to get those cisterns up on yes. top of the school? And then now there's piping that's bringing the water down to the main level so that they can use it for all sorts of different things, right? Yes. Uh, and so I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk with Roman maybe about that. Uh, obviously, in our home and in our country, water is readily available. We have it coming out the wazoo, faucets everywhere, sinks everywhere, um, can drink it whenever you want. There's even a thing in the fridge, you know, yeah. to have it come out. So Water everywhere. Exactly. Water wow. everywhere. But I'm guessing that maybe you saw kids being really excited about the water. I know there was like some sort of leak or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there's probably more water coming out than even normal at the school. So what is that like for you as somebody who has free access to as much water as you need um, to see kids your age and younger not having that opportunity but having it at school now? Is that something that stood out to you at all? Uh, kind of. I noticed all the kids when there was the leak, like you said, they were all screaming "Lapli," right? That's mm -hmm. raining. Yeah. And they were all screaming it was raining, and they were stomping their feet in the water. And I just thought it makes you realize the little things in America that we have that other people don't have, and it just helps you appreciate them. Because mm -hmm. I know I went to Haiti with a mindset of like, I know I want to be humbled by this experience, and like I want to be able to appreciate the little things that we have, like water. Or food at easy access, a full pantry, like anything it may be that's just what we have that others might have or not have, but we have it and easy access. And I just think everyone needs to be humbled by that and just realize there is always something to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Like if you look hard enough, it's as easy to find something to be grateful for as it is to think of something that can ruin your day. Like you complain maybe... I stubbed my toe this morning and it's keeping me from realizing that I have water and food and things keeping me alive that other people don't have. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely cool. something to be aware of. I think, you know, when you first go to a place like Haiti, that's probably something that stands out more than it does, you know, many years later. But I know like the school not having that for all these years and now having it like that, that is just a new experience to mm -hmm. see all of the kids because none of the kids that are attending the school have any running water in home. Yeah. So isn't that crazy to think like none of them yeah. have running water, none of them have a toilet or toilet that flushes. 
um, a sink, like any mm. of the things that, you know, we have multiple of in our home. Yeah, I think what I missed on at first is not only we are grateful, but like it shows when you don't have something because like you would look at all the kids and they'd be like screaming and happy and smiling about things that, like I said, that we may not appreciate, but that we have that they don't. And I just think it's amazing how they're able to appreciate it. Yeah. It reminds me of the photo I had shared actually of, um, was it Denise in the swimming pool? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she's what, 50? 57 or 58. Yeah. Something like that. In her 50s, has never seen a pool in real life, only in a photo. And Joe had sent this picture of her just floating in the water, taking it in. And it made me cry. Like I looked at it so many times and just thought, man, to just appreciate something like a swimming pool floating in water, you know, like just, of course, there's things that we appreciate, right? And you try not to take for granted, but to be able to see somebody, you know, floating in a pool, which not everybody was able to successfully float in the pool. You could tell uh, maybe maybe your buddy, uh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah was in the deep end and I had to rush in and save him. (laughs) <laughs> he was drowning over there. I think Dad saved him once before in the ocean, yeah, right? <laughs> I, I have. It's always it, it is amazing. You know, these guys live on an island. I think most of them live within a stone's throw of the ocean. Yet mm-hmm. they they don't know how to swim. They've never swam before. Yeah. Some awesome. of them. Some of them. Some of them are very proud so of, we're, of their you, ability to swim. We could call Roman now an international lifesaver. Oh, yeah. We should probably get you a trophy. Can or I just a say something kind of funny? Because you're mentioning water. Yeah. Like the proof that our kids have traveled a lot and have lived overseas. Yeah. So we just flew to Dallas to spend the night. And in our hotel room, Roman goes, uh, can we drink this water out of the sink? <laughs> 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 like a, a normal kid. A, I shouldn't say a normal kid, but a kid that hasn't traveled would never think. Yeah, to ask that question. Ask that, Is yeah. it safe to drink this water? Well, we're in <laughs> Dallas, buddy. <laughs> I think we can you do never it. do know, actually. But you never do know. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Yeah, crazy to think about. And so, like, on that topic, obviously you guys were there. I don't think you were there for, like, a full food distribution day, but I'm guessing you were there at least when people were lined up Mm -hmm. for food. What does that make you think of when, you know, you many times a week go with Dad on the way home from the gym to the grocery store and pick up what we need for the next couple days? What is it like for you to see so many people standing in line waiting for food knowing that, only God knows how long it has been since they've had it. Uh, it's sad to think some of them have gone probably without food days on end. And it, like I said earlier, it makes you appreciate the little things like food, water, all those things. But I think I think it was just, I was just looking at all the people and smiling the whole time because they'd walk past me and I'd just be like, I'm glad we were able to provide them with food. Yeah. It was a fun thing. Yeah. 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 I enjoyed it. That's good. Was that a highlight for you? Yeah, you I loved the food distribution. That was yeah. fun. And then afterwards, uh, Love was teaching me some karate moves in Oldson. Yeah. That they're super self, yeah. self-defense. Yeah. And they're yeah. so talented. It's so fun that one of their students is now on the national karate team, Kelly's mm-hmm. son. So fun. Such yeah. a cool. It just goes to show like when you give people opportunities and when you help make opportunities happen for people, like what can yeah. happen you know like you should almost describe that because think of think of where those two are coming from mm-hmm. uh what typically would just be the average person would look at them and just give them you know this goes into that whole 
dignity-based giving. We've had to give charity to those guys for a long Absolutely. time because there wasn't always something. Yeah, I mean, you can't always all, wait. But what to... they always wanted more than anything was to like have a job and to use mm-hmm. their skills yeah. to provide for their family. And here now after years. Yeah, it's so cool because Kelly, yeah. she's a, a missionary, a veterinarian in Haiti and just insanely awesome lady. And so her son, who's actually who happens to be Haitian that she's adopted, um, he's been being trained by them for the last year, probably year and a half. And now he's on the the Haitian national karate team. Like that's just so cool. It's really, it feels so full circle. Like not that we can take any credit for it other than just giving them connections and opportunity. The only only credit we can take from it is the fact that we've had the privilege of knowing them and seeing their skills, giving them an opportunity inside of our own community, inside of city. So to train our kids in karate And they've been able to compete all these years. And then, yeah, they caught the attention of people saying, hey, they look like they know what they're doing. Can, yeah, they, come teach my, cool. can they come teach my kids? So now they're teaching kids outside of City yeah, Select. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, and Roman, really cool. Roman has got to see that uh, quite a bit. He knows them well. So mm-hmm. it was fun. Olsen just grabbed him off the picnic table and started. Yeah. Roman was like, what are you doing? <laughs> he started showing him like different chokeholds and yeah. grabs. and yeah. Yeah. I didn't get Just don't fast. use them on me, okay? I don't remember any of them. <laughs> <laughs> what else? I'm trying to think. What else did you guys do? So, oh, you guys had, um, which I don't know that we've done this before, but you guys had the big like kind of banquet mm-hmm. for all of the staff where we yeah. just kind of were celebrating them and thanking them for all of their hard work. Like yeah. it's unimaginable, you know, like how much grit and determination it takes to keep doing what they're doing. And so I think it was really cool to just be able to honor them by Providing them a day at the pool and giving them a beautiful meal. Uh, what was like? What was that like for you to see the staff and everybody kind of come together? Obviously, you know you saved Paula Lou's life in the pool, but <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I uh, I kind of felt secluded from everyone because everyone, as Dad said earlier, not all of them know how to swim. Yeah, so they were all just floating around in the, in the shallow end, and yeah. I was just like in the deep end with Paula Lou saving his life. And then we ended up sitting out there and. I just didn't really go in the shallow end because I'm not, I like diving down and swimming underwater. Yeah. You but weren't diving, was, were you? Were you diving down there? Shallow diving. No, no, Roman. Di- no diving, diving. You're letting like, him dive, babe. Like, like you that. see what happens? When he, you see what happens said, when mom's not there? When he was saying diving, he might have also just meant like diving under the water, not sure. just like jumping. Yeah, no, off in the, the water, into the water. Okay, yeah. sure, sure. No, I got the like so putting woman, my feet on the walls. An observation. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with traveling in and out of City Soleil. Mm-hmm. Your home, typically when you're in Haiti, is outside of it. So that kind of intense moment of feeling out of place for you is when you're in City Soleil. Mm-hmm. For all of the people that came to City Soleil, that was rever- or came to yeah. a Servotel to 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 celebrate that night. Mm-hmm. That was reversed. Yeah. That's their home in City Soleil. Now they're kind of coming into your zone. Did you feel at all kind of like their like what what it felt like for them to be coming into basically a well, a, mo- not used a to. modern a, you know first world hotel like what was that like to watch them? I mean there was 35 40 people there I can figure well maybe not as um intense as my experience not as intense as theirs but like it was when we lived in Haiti for a year and we came back and we were all on the airplane and we were landing down in Miami and I just looked out the window and I was like there's a bunch of lights everywhere and I was like <laughs> This little thing like that, like, you don't see that many lights in Haiti because no one has, like, modern houses with all that electricity and all that. But it was, like, I felt like for them it was probably, like, a culture shock, like, Mm -hmm. going from – because for us it's going from 
the nicer part of like the nicer end of the scale and then them the maybe not so nice and then them going to ours rather than ours going to them i just felt like maybe that was maybe what was crazy for them so go back you're in the pool and you're watching mm-hmm. them come in once they felt comfortable which they kind of just need permit permission mm-hmm. like hey enjoy this is for you enjoy what were some of the first things you started seeing them doing dancing yeah taking videos a lot of pictures are a taken. lot of photos right everyone, like, everyone it, was it turned pictures. into an instant photo shoot right yeah and what were they taking pictures next to uh probably trees anything just yeah. like the buildings the trees the nicer like maybe in the pool i know dude and peter like taking pictures of themselves. like the mango trees or like the <laughs> and themselves pools. oh yeah it's all of themselves just it's the background <laughs> yeah did but, you happen to notice denise the one that mom's talking about so she's our cook mm-hmm. so she was a little bit the older lady in the in the shallow end that was just yeah because i remember watching her she was like almost like scaling the wall over to the deep end she was like cr- climbing yeah. along and then sat on the chair well the, like underground little yeah like the little seats sitting inside area the mm-hmm. yeah so i noticed her and i just thought it was Cool did you know? Did you know? Yeah. Did you know the story that mm-hmm. that, that she was fifty eight years old? and That was the first time she'd ever no. been in a pool. No, yeah. I didn't. She had said that she'd only seen it in photos, so she just was so excited. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have noticed because I felt like she was doing really good in the pool. For a good portion of them, most of our teachers currently now have the ability to live just outside mm-hmm. of the community and travel into the community for work, especially because of the situation that's been going on this last year. Some of them, like Alange and all those guys, are. Mm-hmm. But for a good portion of those, that's that was a, so many of those things that you do on the daily, they were experiencing for the first time. Like remember the little banquet area where they're eating? Yeah. How like, yeah. So, how nice like the yeah. table. How nice set. it. It was beautifully yeah. set. Like that was like I just remember hearing them just about over it being the moon. So mm-hmm. For me, it blessed me so much to be able to give them that kind of a gift, which. You know, we, I don't think we've done, I mean, we've taken them to beach days and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but this was just for them. Yeah, just to know, honor them. Honor them. And it was neat to have you be a part of that. I know it was fun for them, family is so important that that made it that much more special being able mm-hmm. to enjoy it with you. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. I liked it. So obviously like the average teenager in America, right, mm-hmm. hasn't probably experienced a lot of the things that you have in your life hasn't seen maybe all of the things that you've seen in your life. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to, I'm guessing like most of the people that are listening to us are probably parents mm-hmm. um, or like maybe more in our age category than in your age category. So what would you say maybe to parents about getting their kids outside of their kind of normal, comfortable regular life is it something that has been impactful for you is it something that you wish we wouldn't have done to you like what are your thoughts on that and like what would you say to parents that are like man my kids really haven't experienced much outside of Mm -hmm. the norm I would say it's important to get your kids out into areas that because when we were going to Haiti I've obviously been there before but it definitely was nerve-wracking and a little bit scary at times but I feel like with things like that, it's like if it doesn't scare you, I don't think you're doing like, well, no, I'd say if it does scare you, that means it's probably the right thing to do. And I feel like it's imp- it was important for me to be able to go to Haiti and to see all that because I feel like I'm not necessarily the best teenager, but I feel like I definitely could have been way worse off if we didn't have that time in Haiti. Because now I feel like going into high school, I'll have kind of not just stories, but things to tell kids and like kind of 
nudge them in that direction of like, maybe you should go out and see the things I've seen or like, you should experience these things because I, I don't know. I just feel like it's important and it's good to get your kids off a mindset of like, I feel here, I feel like it's, you need to like break, uh, like a habit that's been going on for a long time, which would be like not doing anything out of the norm. I feel like it's important to do things that maybe scare you or are nerve wracking, but like things, you know, and then will be good for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like in what ways, like maybe name a couple of like characteristics about you or maybe a couple of ways that you think naturally because of all of the things that you've been exposed to. Mm -hmm. I don't like complimenting myself because I feel like <laughs> it's not the best look, but I feel like generosity is a big thing for me because one of the Haitian proverbs is and it's no cooked food has cooked food has no owner. And I feel like with most things that I get, whether it's a personal item or like things you can share, I feel like if it's something I can share, I enjoy sharing because I feel like I get more pleasure from enjoying something by myself. I get more enjoy I get more out of it enjoying it with people rather than just by myself. Yeah. Like if it's food or maybe uh, going somewhere with a parent or a friend or anything, I feel like it's more fun for me to see people happy about that decision than just myself. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I would definitely consider you very generous. Mm -hmm. I know you're not trying to pat your own back, but is there anything else that you can think of, like that just things that are kind of naturally a part of who you are? Because, I mean, we've been working in Haiti now for 10 years, mm -hmm. so you are 14. So since you were four, yeah. You know, so it's definitely always been a part of your life since you can remember. So is there anything else that you feel is kind of just like naturally part of who you are because of the nature of how you've grown up? I don't feel like you can put it into an adjective, but I feel like being in Haiti, I was talking to dad about it when we were in Haiti, like, because Peter brought up something about wanting to work for Upstream and he was good. He has good English, so you'd learn it. And I feel like later on that day he said something like I'm going to be the best translator for upstream and I said like in my mind I was like I know 100% he's going to now because like with a Haitian I feel like when you have not well okay let me rephrase that like I feel like they're working their whole life to a goal mm -hmm. but I feel like that goal is like something that's not going to get lost because I myself have made many goals that I know I've not definitely gone through or like went through with it and I feel like for a Haitian it means more to them to have a goal so they have different abilities to like be able to make a goal and like get that goal because there's higher stakes for them because mm -hmm. in America maybe you don't have like the best job or like you're not making the most money but I feel like there's never a point where you get to the point that Haitians have lived and for them it's like I need to either get a job and do well for my family or there is like they're just going to be starving and not have food and not be able to provide. And I feel like it's very important that I learned like when I make a goal and I feel like it's an achievable goal or maybe it's not even like it's something that scares me. I think I've learned that I need to achieve that goal and I know I can get it. It's just yeah. no procrastinating and no like not no going through with it. Yeah, yeah no excuses. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like... So you feel like they've inspired you in that way, just yeah. the, their tenacity yeah. to appreciate, just like going. Appreciate the goals rather than just like... Well, you're using, you're using, you're using the word goals and that's, that's 
It's beautiful. What I really hear you saying, and this is exactly the way I watched it go down with you is that opportunity, Mm -hmm. right? Like I remember you saying like, dad, you, you said here is an opportunity and you watched it plant itself in Peterson's head. And he grabbed you later and like excitement. He's like, I'm going to be the best translator for upstream. Mm -hmm. And that inspired you. And it's like, like you're saying, like back here, we have so many opportunities. Like if one's not working out, we yeah. don't really try the next one. Yeah. yeah. Worry about accomplishing. So we're like, well, something else, something else, something. Remember when we came back and we went to the grocery store the first time mm-hmm. when we moved back the first time and everybody was just overwhelmed with how many like cereal. Cereals, yeah. yeah. Like, remember I cried at Home Depot because I had to get a new shower head and right. I was so overwhelmed. Was, like, <laughs> why are like there a hundred? Like, why is there a hundred of these? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we, like you're, like you're talking about the basic things, food, water, stuff like that. We, I don't know if your generation knows this, but when me and mom were growing up, we used to always describe America as the land of opportunities. Mm-hmm. It just has so many that you don't worry about succeeding at the first mm-hmm. or the 10th or the 12th one. Cause you're like, there's always something else or something else. Where in Haiti, as you've seen, they'll go their whole life and maybe not get an opportunity. So if all of a sudden there is one, mm-hmm. you're like you said, they're like, he's one hundred percent. They're going. To. You were like, watch, we'll come back, and his English is just going to keep yeah. getting better and better and better. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool, cool that you picked up on it. That's a huge, that's a huge mm-hmm. lesson. That's worth, that's worth a college tuition right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that you feel like that stood out to you while you and Dad were there? What about, okay, so this is something, if you think of something, we can dive into that too. But I know that, you know, one of the reasons that we decided to move back to the States was just because the instability in Haiti was making it very difficult for us to actually be able to do what we were there to do. And so we had determined that, you know, as much as we would actually prefer to be there full time, that we were probably more useful to the, to our mission to be here, right? Mm-hmm. And so because of some of the, the pretty scary things that we've experienced over the last couple of years, just because of the unrest and the way that things have been, I know for me, if I was traveling back right now, like there would be some pretty significant uneasiness. Mm-hmm. And so I know that for you going in, that you expressed that there was some uneasiness and maybe a little bit of, of nervousness. So how did you work through that? Well... I first prayed about it and knew that I would most likely find peace in my prayers and the prayers of those around us. And as we were going there, I thought of the prayers of the night before. I'm pretty sure, yeah, we had a bunch of guys from uh, like a small group, youth group party, and they all prayed over us. And I was thinking about that a lot of the time. And I was also on the way home. Before we had left, I had asked Todd because it was that's my small group leader. I asked him on Wednesday. We came home Thursday. I said, "Can you have the boys in the small group pray for safe travels on the way home?" And I just ran that through my mind, like, "Okay, they've prayed for us. I can find peace in that, and like, we're not going to go to Haiti and then just not make it back." And I feel like that roots back to what Dad said a while ago, not on the podcast, but. A little while Just in ago. life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was saying, I don't think God would have you hit by a car and not survive just to have you go to Haiti and not come back. Because I feel like I definitely am not arrogant in the fact that I'm not afraid that I'm not going to do something amazing before I die because I've had that experience of I had like almost like a second chance. And I feel like that is not just like I'm... Um, gonna do anything crazy and be like I'm not gonna die because 
I have yeah, like because we chance. do never know when our time yeah. is. Like yeah. it could be mm-hmm. anytime. But yeah. I feel like I definitely feel mm-hmm. as though some things I'm like, okay, I know I'm not gonna either get hurt or just get stuck or in a position where I'm afraid or anything. I feel like I'll get through that, and I know someday I'll have an experience that is maybe what is what God intended for me, and that's why He kept me here with you guys yeah yeah and I feel like so yeah. like when you were like feeling any like moments of anxiety like mm-hmm. what were you saying to yourself in your mind uh, I was like okay we're all right it's not gonna well I got <laughs> scared on the plane with some turbulence and I had <laughs> talked to dad about it yeah sometimes you feel like you're dying and that's for sure yeah I was a little turbulence. afraid but I was like the whole time I was just like okay let's watch our movie and not worry about the turbulence <laughs> but yeah I which, just, I just which is on. kind of when I say funny I don't mean because it, funny, it was like huh? mild turbulence for your but experience. He, he endured it alone because you guys got separated. No, no, we were sitting right next to each other. Oh, we never said it. it was oh. very it, for you and I. It was very normal turbulence. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about the fact that maybe this was his first time experiencing because he's flown. Yeah, so, much. so he didn't say anything to you. No, because you would know landed, if, if it was me, landed, I would have been like this. When Whenever we, there's turbulence, I just like hold on to. When Jeff. we landed and we took our <laughs> headphones off, I said, "You know, how was your flight?" I was like, "Man, he was like that turbulence," and I was like, "Oh, buddy, was that was it like really?" He's like, what's that normal? Like, that was very normal. Oh, I don't like turbulence. But anyways, yeah. So I, I found out after the fact, but he got himself. Yeah. Through. So how did you get yourself through it? You were just like, <laughs> I was just like, okay, we're gonna be all right, and I just watched my movie. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness you had a movie. So then, okay, were there any times like when you were kind of traveling? So I know, like, yeah, of course, when we had we've to drive ex- to, yeah, when we had to drive to Titan for, yeah, for for the food, yeah. which I was unaware that y'all had to go that far. But obviously, we've experienced some pretty significant. Mm-hmm things in our travels um some traumatic things so my guess is that that would be something that would kind of bring up some uneasiness in you yeah was there like a verse or a prayer or anything that like kind of helped you get through or like what what were you doing to get yourself through those kind of like to bring yourself down a bit oh i forget the verse or even if it is a verse (laughs) how to or how it's phrased but um one it's a verse not the main verse I was just speaking of, but another one is the one that's at the gym and it's, um, I can do all all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make it through this. I can do it. But then another one, I don't know what it is. It's like, be still and know that I am God. God. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that one. And I was just like, okay, just chillax for a second, like relax and get a deep breath and just know that God is with us, that it's not just going to turn south right away or even go south at all. But and that even like, if it did go south, we did, we did talk about that. Yeah. You know? Him and I did talk yeah. about that when we were that waiting for still the food. Be with I you. said, I said, Roman, our prayers are always, you know, that God is with us, mm-hmm. and things will be prevented. But we also have to remember that even if things were happening and as they're happening, that God is still with us. Still with yeah. you, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you, Ro. Thank you. I know it was a lot to fight fight through. I know, like when I go back the next time, that there will be just things, you know, some anxieties to work mm-hmm. through because of mm-hmm. some of the stuff that we've experienced the last. There was no, there was no lack of street boys and street boy excitement, and he yeah. handled Did that really Angela? well. I was, I was excited Aww. to see. Which that. remind me, I never even shared with you. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Maybe I don't want to know. Well, yeah, so well, anyway, you know, he, he has he has uh, really bad tuberculosis. Oh no. So he's even skinnier than he's ever been. Oh he, no. We sent him to get some medical help. Mm. Oh. I was excited to see all the street boys, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I, love the street I boys. actually got excited when I saw them all. 
And the dude that gave dad free cookies yeah. once or twice. Those are really good. I like them. <laughs> I was a little bummed out when you got some from him and you handed them back to, to push in the back. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, I kind of want one of those. <laughs> That's hilarious. That I don't know. You got anything else? Uh, no, as far as for Roman. I mean, Rome did. He did exceptionally well. Like I said, he was great to travel with. Um, so you feel like I mean, there's anything that you want to add? We took advantage of the I moments. feel like I got most of it out, yeah. Most of it? All anything of it. else? All, All of it? it? Okay. Yeah. It was nice to have Roman in here. Yeah, he's such a quality kid, and I think... Do we have a bad one? No. You know, we've been so blessed with such incredible kids and their spouses, and it's just been such a gift. But, yeah, it's fun to just hear from him, and I think, I think you know, I don't even know that we need to say much other than I think that it's important for parents to make sure that they're providing their children opportunities to grow in their faith, you know? And I think sometimes, you know, I could have easily like kept Roman home. Like well, I, that, was gonna be been, my, that was going to be my question to you was, you yeah. know, he, here's, here's, I, I would have preferred for him to be home. Yeah. yeah. Here's your 14 year old boy who sometimes we look at him, we say he's a, he's a grown man, but when you're releasing him to a place that harbors a lot of Anxieties, anxieties, mm-hmm. and 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 fear, so, ra- yeah. rational fears. Yeah, rightly so. Um, for you to send them off, what was what is that like for a mom? Like, what? How do you how you do know, you work through that for the moms that might be listening, and their kids uh, need to experience stuff like that? You know, I think that at some point you just have to say like you either trust God or you don't, and that doesn't necessarily mean when you're trusting Him that things are going to always look how you expect them to or how you would prefer them to. Um, but for me, I I know what was vital for me with you guys gone was like having a few of my girlfriends praying. Yeah. I just felt like you know sometimes I think for me when I get overwhelmed by anxieties or fear or whatever, you know me, like I can tend to get a little bit paralyzed and stuck in my thinking. And so just to know that in the moments, well, one thing that's so rad is knowing that in the moments that I don't necessarily feel like I have the words to pray or the words to say, like I know that there's someone else interceding Mm -hmm. on my behalf because that's what Jesus does for us. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. But then to have a physical, tangible, in-person person to really be able to share with you know hey like I'm feeling nervous like I had a couple of girlfriends a few actually where I was just like you know hey like this is really actually bringing up some hard things for me to work through like we'd be praying for me for peace and for them for peace and I think really like even less than uh being necessarily afraid for your safety, which obviously that's a component that was there. But I think what was harder for my mom heart is knowing that he was having to work through things and I wasn't there. And just really being able to trust that you... Which is a growing... It's a growing thing Mm -hmm. for both parties, but it's so... It's it's, it's easier said than done. It is. And I think for me, it's just like realizing like okay like joe's his father he Mm -hmm. loves him like he's gonna work through things with him and just making sure that you and i were on the same page because you know like sometimes you can get focused on like your task and like what you're doing and so just being on the same page with you making sure like okay like we know that this is this trip is bringing up some difficult feelings for him to sort through but i think just realizing i I remember one time years ago uh i feel like it had to been like 17 years ago because i think i was pregnant with dorian Mm -hmm. when francis chan spoke at um oh yeah at district 2001 yeah and i remember no 
2004 is when I had Dorian, so I think it was when I was pregnant with him. But I remember Francis Chan talking about how many times we our prayer is protect my child. Yeah. And he was like, man, like some of the best things for our children in growing in their faith is for them not to always be protected, not to yeah. always be safe in this little box that we would want to put them in. And so I think that I remember that a lot of times when I when I am nervous or when I am afraid of, you know, safety or other things mm-hmm. like that, these are opportunities for them to grow in their faith. And that's why I asked Absolutely. Roman, you know, like, what are you thinking about? And to know that in a moment where, you know, he's out of his comfort zone, he's feeling nervous to know that he's bringing up verses that he doesn't even necessarily know, like where in the Bible it is, but he knows it's there. Or that his natural reaction is to pray. Yeah. Or to uh, remember the prayers of, of, of others. his people, mm-hmm. you know, like that is... Like, what else can you ask for as a parent? And I think, like, the more opportunities that we can give our children while they're under the safety of our roof Mm -hmm. um, to explore their faith and to learn how to live by faith, the the better it is. And does that mean that it's always nice? No. You guys were gone, and Monday, ask the kids. Like, I was grouchy. I was stressed. I was, like, just not in my normal way of functioning. And that's proof that there are certain things that I need to work through still, too. But I just think I, – I think for me, I just want to encourage parents to, like, like usher their kids into opportunities to right. grow in their faith. And does that mean you have to go to Haiti and put yourself in, an, in a dangerous situation? Absolutely not. And I wouldn't recommend it to most people. For some people, um, it is. But if that is what God's asking you to do, then I would recommend it. And you know? we can use Haiti as a metaphor, though, too, because mm-hmm. I think – Really, the point of this is, you know, we're, we're talking about Roman's trip to Haiti. But for me, it's about experience. Mm-hmm. There is only so much knowledge a person can get until he needs to experience things to know they're real. I don't want a guy that's got 20 years of studying neurosurgery to be his the first guy that he does brain surgery on. Yeah. Like, growing up, I didn't experience the church. When I met Jesus, he was as real as my hand was. But then getting introduced to the church, I realized that wasn't the case for so many kids being raised in in church homes. Many of the adults that were raised in yeah, church I mean, homes. And the one thing that seemed to separate uh, those that were raised versus those that, uh, that, uh, that had a strong faith was just experiencing God in normal ways so you know for you letting your son go to haiti is a scary trip um you know for others it might just be going to a camp or letting them go snowboarding or you know well and i think like especially it it can be anything but normally i wouldn't even like if we're talking eight years ago haiti three years ago haiti it would be a totally different situation but i think like because we know so much because we've experience yeah, so Haiti much. Haiti isn't always the scariest place in the world to be so Right, exactly. Right now it you is. know, and I feel like, you know, hearing you talk about like growing up in the church, like obviously you didn't. Obviously I did in different forms because until I was 10, we were part of the Catholic church. And then from that point on, we were part of like a, you know, evangelical Christian church. And I would say like, I don't remember very many um, marking moments in my faith growing up. I yeah. remember emotional moments. I remember, you know, because I think that those are easy to create. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I experienced a whole lot of um, of of being taught how to yeah. work through things 
with your faith. I, I don't remember um, necessarily being pushed out of comfort zones or experiencing a lot of the things that I feel like our kids are blessed to have experienced. Does that mean that we have right. things to work through and we are all need therapy? Yes. But I'd rather that than our kids grow up, move out, and never have experienced anything and have zero idea how to cling to God because that's, the reality is is that they're going to absolutely priceless. Yeah, they're they're going to experience things in their lifetime yeah. when we're here and when we're not here. And I just I just pray that parents, yeah. especially, you know, if you're a family that is like in church yeah. and your kids are growing up in church, like just sending them to youth groups not enough. Like yeah. we just you know, and this is like no offense to my parents. My parents are great. They did the best that they knew how. But I also think mm. we just kind of lived a life like most people live. And that's that's okay mm. for some people. But for me, yeah. I think, you know, just wanting to encourage families that are in church to really like model these things and teach them. You know, I don't. You're going to send your, at some point, you're going to send your kid. I mean, 18 comes faster than, mm-hmm. I mean, we're sending them out the door faster than we like right now. Mm-hmm. And once they're out the door, good luck trying to backfill those experiences that you should be yeah. giving them along the way. And I'm not saying we've done it perfectly. We've no, definitely- no, but, but if, <laughs> if we have erred anywhere, we've erred in experience. I mean, we've thrown our kids into so many situations that there is no escape other than God. I mean, yeah. there's no escape other than God. All the way to the point of they don't even know if they can trust uh, their parents sometimes. You know what I mean? Like that sounds horrible, but is actually beautiful. Because the one thing this life has taught me is that when there's nothing else, there's God. And, and, and when things are scary, there's God. And when things are uncertain, there's God. And like the more they know that, the more you know that, the more you can survive. And that's why, I mean, that to go back to that brain surgery joke I was saying, the person that studies a brain from a book standpoint for years on end would feel like they really understand a brain. Yeah, but until they get in there and crack um, one um, open, imagine, it's different. Imagine, they've, yeah, they've never even like literally physically seen one, touched well, one. Well, they probably, you think they probably do cadaver exper- ones, right? No, no, I'm talking about just, just reading. Right, I'm just saying I, I, before they operate on your babe, head, they probably are going to have a cadaver. I know, but I'm trying to make a relation oh, okay. to church. <laughs> there are people that only know church Jesus. Hmm. They only know what they the have, pastor is they saying. They only, only know what's they happening. Ha, they, ha, they have experienced God to the extent of what you can experience in a church building. That's what, Or from reading the book. When you all of a sudden experience Jesus with at-risk teens, and you're walking in their homes, picking up 17-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 13-year-olds in generationally broken homes where you have to find trails to get through, and the night before's leftovers are all out and cockroaches are scattering. When you take a young boy that hitchhiked to Wisconsin to save himself from the crack home that he was coming from in Atlanta and you go down there with him to get his stuff and you literally watch cockroaches scatter and you uh, you meet the Jesus of the homeless population and the Jesus abroad is very, very different of an experience with Christ than it is just learning about him in the book. And for a good portion of our future generation of Christians, they will spend it in a book, which is a beautiful, beautiful book. Yeah. It's a wonderful book. But like I said, that that is only a part of Jesus, a part of Christianity. What Roman said there 
he may never know the true depths of it until he gets older. But that connection that he had, that golden moment with Peterson, hmm. where he realized, like, wow, this young man is going to grab a hold of an opportunity. And, like, I don't never even kind of, of yeah. I don't even kind of second guess. Like, I know he'll do it. And then compared it to his own heart, where he's like, yeah, I come from a land of opportunities where he was saying, I wanted to go to a place to see where things like water and food, those are tangibles. Things like opportunities are not as, like, to, to make those connections for young people uh, is priceless. Like you can't, you can't, you can't send them to a school. You can't learn those types of moments. You know, so for parents and, and and adults out there, one of the greatest things we can do is get up out of our routine and go see where Jesus would be walking right now or where yeah. he'd be and meet him at that level because yeah. it gets a little dirtier then like it's not as clean cut and as proper and as prude like it, it gets a little sloppier so really it just comes down to like getting outside of yourselves getting mm-hmm. outside of your comfort zone getting outside and surfing and yeah yeah it's cool to hear it from a young man's perspective you yeah. had the honor one time of leading how old was she how old was, was Brandon and Kristen's daughter? Oh, gosh. Addison, she was, I feel like she was six on that trip. Mm. and uh, She was she, connected to your hip, so you uh, got to experience everything. Yeah, from her perspective. From, it, from it, a, she was, I mean, we've taken hundreds of people to Haiti, and I would say that she's probably my favorite trip participant ever just because of the, and we, you know, we've got to experience that with our own kids, mm-hmm. but our own kids grew up in what we do, you yeah. know what I mean? So to take a child that this is like a brand new, mm-hmm. never heard, never seen. Um, yeah, it was really beautiful. I think that children just see things that we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not clouded by the things that we're clouded by. And yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for letting me take him. Thanks for letting us go. Yeah, thanks for coming home. Yes, that is always, <laughs> people have sometimes, and, and I don't mean to be facetious, but you know, it's like, well. Any day I, any day we make it back is a blessing right now. So with that, guys, please be praying for the country of Haiti. Please be praying for the country. They need breakthrough really bad. Yes. Uh, on top of all of the, 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 the hardships that the island has had and the people have had, they've just since July of 2019, it's just been rough there, primarily politically and then financially as far as inflation and corruption and just and just a lot of people that are really taking advantage of of the fracture that is happening in the country and it's just become um it's it's really truly heartbreaking to watch because and and like everything else that's going on in the world it gets no attention the one thing that sammy and i have learned uh is if it if it's if it's not a when i say agenda i don't even mean in the worst way i'm just saying like if it's not a part of what we want to push forward or see or done, you just don't hear about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the world. It'd be impossible to focus in on all of it. But because our focus is there, it's our job to to report and share on it. And that country uh, it's hurting. is definitely on its knees in prayer for you. So in return, let us be in prayer for them. Mm-hmm.